I'm Craig Slate. And I'm Ed Bertot. And you're listening to The Fresh Craig. Hello, kids. <laughs> you caught me by surprise there, uh, You know, I'm, I'm always trying to come up. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, we're, we're, we're really starting to have some fun now. And, uh, it's little, not happy hour getting, yet. Getting a little punchy. Yeah, we've not started any happy hours yet, although I'm ready. Uh, me too. Are you ready for happy <laughs> yeah, hour? Yeah, absolutely. See? Oh, my gosh. We should always have drinks. Mm -hmm. I think most of our guests would appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. We would be a mess. None for you. We'd be a mess. Last, the, the last guest, maybe. Maybe, you know, maybe, who knows, Kathy, you know, Ooh. Kathy's yeah. showing up later. Wow. Maybe she's coming in. She's bringing a Tell you some secrets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, hey, welcome. We've got another outstanding guest. You have been the surprise guest, right? So you, you are the special. So right. no pressure. No, no. For it's okay. For sure, no pressure. There is nothing pressure about this show. It is Tamara M. Because right. I will let you work on the or do the pronunciation just so I do don't. Do I to say my last name? Please. Okay, that's half of the interview though. No, that's fine. That's Murotaroyena. Murotaroyena. So you, you, there you, you go. don't, I, now I get that you don't roll the R on it, right? You don't roll. You don't, you don't have don't, to. Yeah. No? no? You don't have to. Okay. But could you? You could. Yeah. Yeah. So, I won't get offended. <laughs> so. Anyway, welcome. Uh, you know, so yeah, that is, uh, it's, it's quite a lengthy last name. Yeah. So, where are you from? I am from that mysterious place called the Basque Country mm -hmm. between France and Spain. Um, yeah, that's where I grew up. I was born. I've um, been in the U.S. most of my life, though. So, there's a lot of Basque people out in, uh, well, in the Central Valley. Yeah, anyway. Central, Central Valley. Uh, Nevada, Idaho, Wyoming. Southwest yeah. Arizona. That's right. Um, they came to this country in the 1800s as uh, sheep herders. Yeah, moved into other livestock. Yeah. So, curious. So, yeah. so I was in Bakersfield. This goes back years ago. And went to a Basque restaurant there. Wool growers. Probably. Yep, yeah. that's, that's so. the name. Yep. Um, but we had uh, pickled cow tongue. Yeah. Do you eat that? Uh, no, so uh, so Basques have been here, yeah, since for a long time, right? And over the generations, they they brought some of their original food from the Basque country, and some of it was adapted to the new to the U.S. So it's a little different, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very special. You ever had that? Not pickled. I've had plenty of tongue, but not pickled. That was like a Sunday afternoon at my house. I, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Okay. Yeah. It, was, it was tough. But there are limits yeah. to things, you know. So it's it's a lot of good food there. The pickle tongue, that was not it. So it was uh, different for sure. Uh, I'm actually not a, not a fan of the, the tongue at all. Well, it's an acquired taste. It is. It is. But anyway, so yeah, so you 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 come from Spain. How now? Where do you where do you reside now? Hey, good question. Um, so I'm moving from, I was living in Connecticut for the last few years and I'm moving back to California. That's where I've lived a long time in my life. But yeah, moving here to the Bay Area. Oh, wow. Yeah. Again. So Bay Area, like San Francisco Bay or? Los Gatos. Okay. Yeah. 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 South Bay. Nice. Very I lived nice. there for a few months. Did you? Years ago. Yeah. Did I know that? Mm -hmm. He's a Gilroy boy. Now you know. So he's uh, also California. But he's not coming back. He's now Texas. Texas. Tried and true. So. All right. Mm -hmm. So 
You're director of sustainability with IFPA, correct? That's right. Yeah, and uh, so you gave a talk this morning on on sustainability, mm -hmm. and we want to get a little bit into some of the stuff that you talked about, what you're doing. Because we missed it. Yeah, we, and it wasn't because we slipped in, because we were here working. How could you? Yeah. So, uh, but before we get into that, you know, we, we how in the world sustainability? How does that become your life? How do you get into produce? How do you wind up at IFPA? What's the story? What's there? the story? So um, I've been a sustainability professional since from the beginning of my career before sustainability was cool okay. or sustainability had a name. Um, I started working uh, for the EU um, in the European Parliament. I did environmental policy there and agricultural policy. And then um, I went back to grad school, became a scientist, and um, worked more on the science field. And I've divided most of my sustainability work between um, forestry, which is part of my background, and agriculture. Mm -hmm. I got into produce about 10 years ago um, with a company called Driscoll's. You might have known. Oh, right. Yes. Um, largest um, dairy company in the world, and so I was there for a number of years, also leading sustainability programs. Um, and uh, yeah, th through a winding uh, uh, road through life, I ended up at IFPA about a year and a half ago. So IFPA was cre was um, was created uh, in January um, 2022. And right away, the association knew that they wanted to have a sustainability space and they wanted to hire a sustainability person. And that, so that ended up being me. And um, so I had, in my previous life, I had seen sustainability for one company, um, a few crops. Uh, but now I have, in my opinion, the privilege of looking at sustainability for the entire industry, which mm -hmm. is, in fascinating and um, as I said I'm, I'm a sustainability professional I've always done this and it used to be called different ways and now uh, now we're the cool kids which is I love it right mm -hmm. how did it happen I don't know <laughs> but <laughs> cool might be a little stretch but oh come on. <laughs> you know it's totally cool everybody's talking about it at mm -hmm. least. yeah so so I'm curious yeah everybody is talking about it yes What's your definition of sustainability? So um, I can tell that you couldn't, you didn't come to my presentation because that was like the second slide. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, how do we define sustainability? So that's one of the biggest questions. Why? How do we define it? Well, we don't define it. We let the UN define it for ourselves um, with the UN Sustainable Development Goals, and we follow the. Uh, the UN Sustainable Development Goals, but for the association, for our industry in particular, uh, produce and floral, we uh, divide sustainability, the work in sustainability in seven focus areas because you got to put some buckets to the work, otherwise it could be all over the place. And um, those areas are packaging, uh, food loss and food waste, uh, climate change, regenerative agriculture, water, energy and social responsibility. And yes, that's how we work on that area. Okay. So yeah, I mean, because that, that's always, you know, for me in the sustainability, like I say, everybody is talking about it, but 
sometimes it, I'm not sure everybody's on the same track right. or comprehends how sustainability should be or whatever. So I didn't realize the UN had sustainable development goals, well, yeah, or any oversight for that matter. It is kind of leading the chart on how um, companies and organizations around the world define sustainability mm -hmm. um, through the UN, as they call SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals. Mm -hmm. yep. How are we doing in the fresh food space? I, first, um, I think that in the produce space, we're doing, we're actually doing well. We always could do better, right? Mm -hmm. We have immense opportunities out there for us. We're really bad about telling our story. That's where we're not doing so well. And in sustainability, you have to tell your story. Um, a company, a group, um, and starts their sustainability journey, and you have to tell the story of that journey. You have to be transparent. That's the expectation this, this time in our world. And the produce industry, for the most part, has not done that. So that's an area where, you know, we could do a lot better. In terms of practices, we're doing a lot, and I don't think that we're, most of our companies are aware of what they're doing also. So we need to be more mindful and more focused on um, what we do because we're doing great work already, and we could do so much better. So we have great opportunities. It's an exciting time for our industry. Yeah, and it's for sure. I mean, for all of us in Ed's company, you know, they're at the yeah. forefront leaders yeah. in, in, in uh, that. In fact, I, I spent nine years with them as well, so I'm very okay. familiar with, with his side of the business. And um, but, you know, there is, like I say, there's stuff that, that that they do. You know, with the, taking some of the packaging out. You know, we we work really hard at, at my company. We we use technology to help reduce food waste, those kind of things. Right. Um, what are some of the trends? What do you, you know, I know in your talk today, you, right. you, you had some trends and some stuff going on. I think you have trends both nationally, globally, all that kind of stuff. What, right. what are some of the things you're seeing in the trend space? So from those seven areas, right now, where the focus is in the world, everywhere, the conversation is mostly for us, our industry, is in three areas. That is uh, packaging, climate change and regenerative agriculture. That's where mm -hmm. everyone is talking about and focusing on. And so those so are- So packaging yeah. specifically- Good, so good question. We, we like to focus on reusable versus right. recyclable. Right. Recycling being the last resort. Right. Um, so definitely reusable for, for us at IFCO is king. Yes, for, so you're a reusable RPC company, very rare. Anything reusable in the produce world is very rare. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, packaging is essential to our industry, right? We have uh, perishable products that come from the field and go through a very complex supply chain of um, high temperatures, low temperatures, high, low radiation, etc. you know, from the sun, and then go to the consumer and then they have requirements for food safety and quality. So they have to be in good quality. That's a lot to ask, mm -hmm. right? And so packaging is very much part of us. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so right now the conversation in packaging is, um, it's just improving plastic, plastic use, and also getting away from plastic, right? So uh, 
a lot of the conversation on packaging is driven by regulators. Um, and uh, so if we think about what sustainable packaging is, and you were saying or, um, reused in packaging, for, for the produce industry, reusable packaging is, it's kind of the next frontier, is somewhere where we would love to go towards, but it's very difficult today because of food safety mostly. Mm -hmm. um, and also because of the complex supply chain. Mm -hmm. um, and so great opportunity there for sure. But um, a lot of the innovation is focusing on either increasing the, recyc uh, the recycling, the recyclability of products, um, so making it more recyclable, in increasing the, re um, the recycled content of packaging. And then another big area is the whole world of compostable materials. That is taking a lot of attention and focus in the US. A lot of innovation is going there. Um, it's not in its infancy, but it's a young uh, technology, not applicable for every product, but good hope there, um, exciting, I'd say. But with caveats too, right now, it could pollute the, uh, if it's not properly discarded, it could pollute the, the recycling stream, etc. So we could talk about packaging for, for a long time. Well, and, I mean, you know, so this, we're not going to be able to do this here. No, but I'm just saying it. So I've got this mission. So, so I, I'm a little frustrated by okay. some of the efforts that we do that I feel like that, that we're really not doing anything. Okay, I, I, I use recy recycle bin at the house. Right. I just, I have my doubts is how much of that's actually making it back in the system, right? I mean, I see the, the, the maybe, maybe it's just, I, I don't know. But that being said, it's put me on a path. I, I do, are you familiar with Nespresso coffees? Of course, Okay. Yes. So Nespresso, when you use the pod up, yeah. you get the slow bag, right? right? You pull the pods yep. in, UPS. Yep. I know those now. I'm hoping they don't just, you know, throw those away so I feel good about doing it. But for me, that's like actionable and for sure it's going back. Then, you know, they suppose they take the grounds and they, you know, use those as a, as a compost. I, what's that? Compost. Compost, thank you. Yeah, they compost those and they take the little containers and they reuse them. So this all leads me to a mission that I have been on and, and we've tried to do. So the trays in produce, there are a lot of plastic trays. Yes. And... I have tried to partner to do something similar to what, what Nespresso is doing is try to partner with people on the recycling end to, to grind it up or whatever, mm -hmm. right? I get zero. Nobody wants to mess with it. Yeah. Very frustrating. Very frustrating. So, um, so plastic is always at, um, at the mercy of the uh, oil market, right? So if the price of oil is as is, is high, uh, yeah, companies will be more interested in, in recycling or, or buying um, uh, used plastic. If the price of oil is low, forget about it. No one's going no to buy that product. In order for a product to be recycled, it's a very, very complex system, right? So we are at home, we wash it, we put it in the right bin, and then it goes to um, uh, an, a place that's called Murph in the U.S. and It's a distribution place where... Um, all the materials are um, divided into into sections, and then someone has to buy that product to recycle it, right? 
So someone has to want it. So a recycling company has to buy it. That recycling company has to have the technology to be able to recycle it, has to be able to get rid of a label if there's a label or whatever they need to do. And that there's a lot of energy put into recycling. So um, it's not, in my opinion, the most um, effective system in the world. And as you said, I don't even know how much is recycled. Right now we know that about 8% of plastic is being recycled in the US. And globally it's pretty much, um, uh, a, it could be a similar number, um, average. So let's does, say does, it's not a good system. Does some of the plastics we produce wind up in foreign markets? Yes, most most of them, and so. Um, and so China, we, we don't, and we don't have control, obviously. No, that from a, we don't know from a regulatory. Exactly, we don't know if they're discarding them in in the sea or what. It's not. Um, so, China stopped buying um, our um, discarded plastic in 2018, and then so we used other markets, so Vietnam, um, Indonesia, etc. Whoever is willing to buy them. But um, some of it is, is, um, is happening here domestically. They're um, recycling companies, but they're not that many. And as I said, you have to have the right technology to transform um, that discarded plastic into a, a new material. Not that easy. Hmm. Well, I guess that helps me understand a little bit of why there's such lack of interest. <laughs> that doesn't give you any more motivation. It does. Does it? Yeah, it's still, I mean, literally, I, I actually put somebody on a project to, to try and I mean, I had him call in different recycling companies and stuff like that. I mean, and anyway, the Nespresso idea concept is great. Right, it's tangible. It's, tangi it's tangible. tangible. Yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah, and you feel good about it. Um, a lot of people feel very good also about you know the cities that have uh, industrial um, composting. They love it too. People feel very strongly about that because you know it's going somewhere mm -hmm. and is doing some good. So there's a positive connection with that. With recycling, right now we don't have a positive relationship. That's, yeah, that's where we are. So, but so so in the in the trends, so we didn't really get into some of the trends. So some of the things that you're seeing, though, trend wise, uh, that you talked about today, what uh, climate change? You yeah. might have heard about it. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard yeah. a little bit about yeah, the climate something. change. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. yeah, it's starting to become a thing. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, but so on that front, I mean, I know there's a lot of noise here and we talk a lot about it here, but right. it's a global issue. Yes. Um, is some of the other countries, some of the places that are really potentially the, the bigger creator, I mean, are they starting to, to also have it be part of their discussion on a regular basis? I mean, like I say, there's a lot of energy here. They made a movie about climate change here. Yeah. Um, but. You know, the real question is, is, is how are the other countries around the globe? Are you seeing that kind of energy? I know Europe's big, right? You know, yeah, they've been yeah. on it for a long time, so. Right. So, so there, um, every country right now in the world has goals. Um, through, the, through the UN Conference of Paris, they all have committed to um, limit their um, greenhouse gas emissions. And so different countries will have different goals, but they all have goals. So they're all working towards the same, yeah, objectives, but um, they are doing it a little differently. Uh, for us in the produce industry, um, I think we have great opportunities. Um, a lot of the focus has been on energy use, uh, renewable energy, uh, transportation for sure. And that 
every every industry, everyone has opportunities there and has to do great work there. But we in in produce because we're agriculture and a lot of the produce is is uh, grown in soil. Soil has a great potential to be a climate change mitigator uh, tool because soil capture well stores uh, carbon through through the plants. And so that capacity to store carbon and to reduce the release of other greenhouse gases, it's a great potential for our industry to be part of the solution mm -hmm. and not part of the problem. So we want to educate people on that connection and that opportunity that we have collectively as, uh, as an industry. Right up your alley. Yeah. That's, I mean, we're going to have to do like a continuation yeah, cause interview because there's so much, like, I'm starting thinking about, we were talking about global trends and I'm curious as to who you work, like who you're working with internationally with other organizations I'm sure that you have interaction with, um, how members, first of all, so if you're in the produce industry, then, you know, you should be a member of IFPA, right? Yes. So and take advantage uh, of yes. of all yeah, of these totally. oh, <laughs> take advantage of all these great resources yes. that we're talking about today. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think um, I mean I work for the association, but I do feel strongly about it uh, because we provide that that place and, and in the area of sustainability, we we provide a space where we educate people, we connect people. We create tools. We have a great sustainability council, really large. We have sustainability working groups in different areas. So in packaging, we have one. In climate change, we have another one. Doing great work, um, moving the needle. So I think that um, sustainability, which is such a global concept and such a global work, uh, an association like ours that has global presence is, is an ideal place to go. Mm -hmm. well, I like that. That's, That's a good, good point. That's a good pitch and a, and a good place for us to come to a stopping point. And, and like I say, it's been a pleasure, you know, to have a surprise guest come in. I, I have to tip my hat to Julie Kravanek. Uh, she heard her speak this morning and she was raving. And I'm curious, will they, can they find what you did this morning? Did y'all record that? Are y'all going to put that out or do you know? That's a good question. I know that it was recorded. I hope that our communications team uh, puts it somewhere. I don't know exactly. I don't know their plans with it, but yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, I'll check on that and yeah. see because uh, like yeah. I say, she, she raved about the presentation and you and, and oh. she was right. And you, you've, been, you've been great to have on. And like Ed said, we'll, uh, we'll need to do this. Thanks, Julie. Uh, give back she was on with us last year. Thanks, Julie. She, she, wa she walked up, and <laughs> I thought you, she was Julie. trying to get in here. He said, hey, Julie, you already did this last year. <laughs> she was just bringing us more good guests, exactly. more good content. And, uh, and like I say, and, and, you know, you, I know you're doing good work. Like I say, you, you work for the association. But I'm sure in this, what, what drives you is you're passionate yes, about this. 100%. Right? This is important to you personally. And so, therefore, it's not just a job. It's a, it's a mission for you, right? Yes, I am mission driven. This is my ultimate um, passion. It's my my uh, my work is my vocation. I believe very strongly in um, leaving the world better than I I found it, mm -hmm. and uh, and there's my journey too, in sustainability and everywhere else. So yeah, outstanding. Well, Tamara, thank you very much. We appreciate thank you. it. Thanks and for being uh, with us. 
Well, welcome back to, to the Bay Area. And yes, good luck with your move. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure thank to you. meet you. And guys, sure. we'll Thanks. be back here shortly, uh, another 10 or 15 minute break. And then I think Mr. John Carter's coming we up. We have John Carter next. Oh my air. goodness. You guys buckle up because it's going to get real. So we'll see y'all in two and two. Or four and two.